You're listening to uh, IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. This is Tamar Yona. I am with Matt Zucker, my co-host. And we are going to be giving you as much information as we can for this uh, next hour or so. And we'll be inviting on people as well to give us updates and also people in the South to be able to give us their experiences and uh and uh, we hope to be able to do this in the proper way. Israel is under a very a dire situation right now. There is a inner debate among the Israeli people whether to talk about how uh, terrible the situation is because they don't want to demoralize the citizenry or the army. Others are saying we have to say exactly what's happening because this should hopefully move us to finally stop kicking the can down the road and do what needs to be done with these enemies of Israel. As we speak now, and Matt, you can update uh, anything that, uh, any information, the information I have is already from 30 minutes ago, so it might have been updated since then, but we have over 200 dead here in Israel, uh, soldiers and civilians. We have kidnapped soldiers and civilians who were being held in Gaza. We've had a slaughter take place in Sterot, which the Israeli news, as far as I'm aware, is still not reporting on. And uh, there you know are... No, they are not. There are over, I think, 2,000 injured uh, here in Israel, many of them in, uh, seriously, and that so the death toll could rise. We, in my opinion, from what I've been gathering, are in a dire situation. We have supposedly been caught off guard. I don't know how this could have happened with our great intelligence here in Israel, and uh, this happening just in our backyard in Gaza. And uh, we're again, I'm saying that we're going to be bringing you guests on the show who are going to be talking from different parts of the country. And Matt, why don't you take over while I try to get our first uh, guest on the air? Okay? Okay. Okay. Tamar, I'll try. Um, hello, everyone. Um, thanks for, for joining us. We'll try to keep you up to speed what's going on here. Uh, it's a very dynamic situation. Um, I don't even know when Tamar found out about this, but um, un- unfortunately, I-, I became aware of this before Shabbat had ended uh, here in Israel time. Um, and it was re- it's uh, what we were seeing here, and apparently it's very filtered, and we're not getting. All right, I think that we lost Matt for a moment. Uh, Matt, we're trying to get Matt back on the air. Uh Again, in Israel. Uh, Matt, are you back with us? I don't know. Am I? Yes. Okay, go ahead. We lost you for a moment. You froze on us. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. So, um, no, I don't even know where I was. I was just saying that what the, the scenes that I was, I was seeing on, on the news was just, was just stunning. It was just Hamas infantry freely roaming Israeli communities in the south. And then taking over the bases on those communities. It was, uh, I, I mean, Hamas, you see Hamas guys on an Israeli tank. How did they, uh, how did they get a bulldozer to the fence? It was such a colossal intelligence failure. It, uh, it's uh, hard to wrap your head around. So 
It was a very difficult uh, day in my house. I was, um, so, you know, my wife and I are Shomer Shabbos and we don't watch the news. And um, I live with my two grown children who are not Shomer Shabbos and my younger son who is uh, in the Army Reserves woke us this morning with the, <laughs> with, uh, with the news. So um, it was a very difficult day. And then to watch what was happening to Matt I'm going to interrupt citizens. you right now because we are under a uh, barrage of rocket fire again uh, the Modi'in area uh, gone uh, I'm sorry uh, in, in okay it's just going too fast for me to be able to read Ramat Gan this is the center of Israel um, Givat Washington uh, Gadara, yeah there's too many communities to read here Rehovot um Ganei Tikva, Givat Brenner, Ramat Gan East, Ramat Gan West, Tel Aviv, the eastern part of Tel Aviv is under a missile attack right now. People are in their bomb shelters. I just spoke with someone from Givat Rishon time. Right. Uh, and uh, they are in their uh, they are in the bomb shelter. They did not want to come on the air and interview. I think that they're just too. Um, I can appreciate that. Yeah. No. No. I understand. They're, they're, I listen. I have a I have a I have a friend who lives down south who's been in a safe room with his family since six thirty this morning, hearing the shooting. You know, the 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 service is dicey, but you know, listening to gunfire in his community with in his safe room with his family, on a border kibbutz. Yeah. Um. I'm just trying to get our next guest on. I just want to tell everybody there's been over 7,000 rockets and missiles over Israel today in one day. Over 7,000. Mm. How many of them Iranian? Well, they'll be able to buy a lot more with the $6 billion American dollars. Okay, I'm trying to get our guest on the phone, so... Okay. Anyway, so, um, yeah, I apologize, everyone. Um, so, yeah, the news here is very difficult to get from the Israeli government. It does seem to <laughs> that uh, you see the same few loops of video footage on all of the stations, and they tend to be from, believe it or not, Hamas telegram channels. Uh, there was actually a Hamas reporter, a, a media relations guy, broadcasting inside of an Israeli community okay uh, uh, just, uh, more tel aviv again more uh rockets and missiles over ashtod tel aviv um modi'in these are rishon Litzion, um all over I, I, there, there's just too many i'm Lachish. scrolling and scrolling yeah. and scrolling and there's just too many israel's under a barrage of rocket and missile attack right now uh we have a guest on the show with us right now we have joining us alan silver and he's from Alan Silver News. He was kicked off of Facebook for giving the news as it is, the real news. And he has uh, been forced to go just to WhatsApp, where he was also, by the way, removed. But he was able to fight and get that back. And he, if you want to join his news channel, I'm sure he'll give out his information how you can do that on WhatsApp. Uh, but I warn you, he shows you things that the mainstream media does not show cannot show some of them are very gruesome uh, some of the images and uh i want to welcome you to the show alan silver i think the word oh please god we only have good news amen amen all right we will have good news we know how it all ends israel is wins but <laughs> in the meantime 
we're we're uh, in a very uh, bad situation right now, but uh, we are gathering up the troops. Two of my sons are uh, were called up today uh, on uh, for the reserves, and Matt's son also uh, is going into the reserves also. Um, And I have to say that on my street today, you have to imagine, um, folks, that this is uh, Israel. I live in a community that is very religious, where everybody keeps the Shabbat, everyone keeps the Sabbath. Nobody's driving cars, but we saw plenty of cars leaving our community to go to their army bases as they were called up on what we say in Hebrew, miluim, this is their reserve duty. People were taken out of the synagogues, taken away from the uh, their tables when they're having the holiday meal today that we had on, on uh, Simchat Torah. It's a very happy holiday. That's why it's so uh, terrible what is going on also that they purposely on this day Try to try to do all this, and people were leaving, kissing goodbye to their wives, and and seeing their children, and and tears coming down my eyes, folks, because I have to tell you that I wonder if these fathers and husbands will return home to their children. So, uh, saying that, Alan, why don't you give us some of the latest updates that you have here of what's going on in Israel? I I, I share totally with what you've just said. Uh, we're in uh, Yishuv Haredi, Tilstone, and uh, everybody was uh, um, scrambled. Uh, we have a lot of soldiers that are also Haredi soldiers that are uh, living in Tilstone, and they all gathered at the entrance to, Til- to Tilstone, as well as other people, and there were cars flowing through, picking up and dropping off people. This was like one of the collection points of the, uh, of the soldiers. Um, we saw a helicopter taking, uh, taking uh, off and going to, to Haradar, where there was a whole uh, a bunch of people being called up that couldn't, I don't know, well, they couldn't get down, but they were brought down uh, and taken to, uh, to their bases. The guys were called up in Haradar. So it's, it's been quite a, and the scene you described is exactly what, what, I, what we saw here. Uh, mothers and, 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 and fathers uh, kissing their children goodbye and, and wishing them all good luck. And um, it was actually heartbreaking to see wives uh, kissing their husbands. And, um, and it's not something we do in public uh, as Haredim, but this is like beyond uh, normal. And so we saw uh, um, people kissing each other in the, in the, in the street. Um, there's been a massive amount of... Uh, of uh, of rockets at, uh, recently in the last uh, uh, 20 minutes or half an hour um, into the uh, Gush Dan area. This is in response to Israeli uh, air attacks now, which I understand are taking place in uh, Gaza. We are actually taking down buildings and important uh, positions. Um, I don't know how much you've reported. I have been on, on, online uh, long enough. Go ahead but, and repeat because new people are joining us as we speak. I know that uh, Gaza is now in a complete blackout, not wanted blackout. Israel stopped the supply of electricity to Gaza, so they've got no electricity whatsoever, and uh, they're thinking of even stopping the water flow. Um, there's a whole machlokas at the moment, an argument between the army and the uh, political echelons. The, the army wants to stop the water, but the political is saying that they, 
it's against uh, international rules. Yeah, let, let me interrupt you for a moment, Alan, because I want to say that there is a whole debate on the Talking Heads news shows this evening saying that, wait, 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 Israel is, is going to respond harder, but we have to do, you know, uh, what they call um, pinceta, uh Tweezer, yep. like, you know, targeted tweez- tweezer attacks, yeah. you yep. know, meaning very, very precise. And I'm saying absolutely not. This is a time you go in and you destroy the enemy because we keep kicking the can down the road. We have to actually now make a decision to get rid of uh, uh, Hamas and re- remove them from the face of the earth. The earth. And uh, the, the, it has to be made, a decision has to be made. And it doesn't matter what the price is on their side. We have to do the job. This is, uh, I reported this in my news group already three, four months ago, as we were going to end up in this scenario. I mentioned uh, that, that actually the end, the end game is actually Iran. So this is a fir- I believe this is a three-stage plan. The first stage is Gaza. They are attacking us with all their might. They had uh, 12,000 missiles. They've used 3,000 missiles today, which is more missiles than the whole Second Lebanon War. They used in one day, which was a month we fought in Lebanon. Uh, the Second Lebanon War was it 20 years ago. And now uh, they've I've opened up their depots and are just releasing everything they've got, which means they believe they're in an um, end-days uh, scenario. I believe this is the first stage. They are there to try and sap all the, 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 the strength of the, of the Israeli Defense Force. They want us to use up all our uh, Iron Dome missiles, and uh, they're going to continue until we run low in ammo, in terms of rockets for the Iron Dome, and we move uh, more of our stuff from the north and from the center to the south to try and defend the Israel. And then I believe Hamas, uh, Hezbollah, will come into the picture with a very weakened Israel and with no ways of defending itself. And the only way we will be able to defend ourselves, this is the scenario I wrote, wrote about, and it's actually coming out now, is that uh, we're going to have to destroy southern Lebanon by uh, defensive actions. We hope our intelligence was better than this one for this time. Around in, uh, in Gaza, we should have known about what they were planning. Uh, we've all been caught uh, uh, um, um, by surprise. And, um, but in, in, uh, I hope they've got enough bank of uh, targets that they're going to hit them immediately as fast as they can to stop any Hezbollah uh, attack on Israel uh, if they do try. Okay, so let me interrupt here and say that Israel's also preparing. They've also been sending troops up north to the northern border between Israel and Lebanon where the Hezbollah is in expectation that another front may open up on Israel, on the northern front. And, and one of the bad <coughs> signs is that uh, UNIFIL, which is the United Nations uh, um, uh, forces that patrol the area, have now been recalled to their bases, which is a very bad sign. It looks like they are planning an attack. So we have to really watch the north as well. And um, it's, uh, it's scary, and I think that this would end up bringing in, in Iran, which was uh, the stage three. Um, I just heard that um, America is sending an aircraft carrier to the region, to the region, be stationed off uh, Syria, off Lebanon, and um, uh, as a warning to, uh, to, to Iran not to 
get, get involved, not even to think about getting involved. So that, that's uh, the, there's a, a big uh, battleship. Actually, at a, a set of battleships, uh, uh, aircraft carrier, and all what goes with that fleet is moving towards Israel now, um, not towards Israel, towards Lebanon, and we have to see uh, how that uh, we they stop the Americans are trying to stop this thing from spreading to to something very more much more serious and maybe uh, universal. Yeah, Matt, do you want to weigh in? Uh, I'm just trying to process that. Did, was that an American carrier group coming, did you say? Right, an American carrier is coming. Uh, Biden sent it. Uh, okay. Well, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of a cynic, and, and our attachment to the Americans makes me very nervous. <laughs> me too. <laughs> you can't rely on them. You can't rely on this. It's administration. If it was Trump administration, I would have said, okay. It's too, right. Too many right. I, I, I worry about the Americans applying pressure to not finish the job. Yeah. The job. Yeah. Um, and, and I'll be honest with you, I sat in disbelief today and quite frankly, a fair amount of anger because um, um, I felt that we were in a situation that uh, we helped create that uh, you, know, you play whack-a-mole with the terror element and that our government is too concerned, the political echelon is too concerned with world opinion rather than um, Israeli lives. You nailed it. You nailed it, Matt. Absolutely. And we've I have shown, to tell you, shown, not to be a Bible thumper, right, but if you read the Bible, that's, I mean, they weren't against that. You can't, you cannot worry about, you You know what, we want to have kings like the rest of the nations and you want to worry about the rest of the world and it's just, and, and we are here because of no one fears us because it's the situation we created. Uh, but you know? we've, uh, we, as, we, as you say, I believe that we are uh, a party to blame for the situation. We've um, um, shown a lot of weakness, no non-response. Uh, I think there was more response in the Lapid government than the Netanyahu government. And now the uh, Netanyahu government believes that they are the right right, and they're not showing their, their, their true colors. And the ones, the, the people that are, that are real right are being excluded in, in the government. In fact, I've just heard as well that um, Lapid and the Guns and uh, all of them one have, have offered to join a, a, a national coalition government. Coalition government, yeah. Yes, but they are on, on with no Tanaim, they said, but one Tanai, that Shmutrit and Bengu won't be in the government. So we see small political, <laughs> we see small political play now of what's going on. And so, uh, 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 I don't know, we, we, we really are a, a disturbing nation as well. We you know, I have to tell you, that you, you that, that's, just, that's just perfect, because we were sitting here today, I said, you know what, right about now, I would love me a Prime Minister, Ben Gavir. <laughs> right, I, I'm a second on that as well. And, and uh, now that they don't want him, they want him out of the government, as, as in the national government. Uh, so we see where mm. we're heading. And uh, as I'm sitting here on my, my, my uh, balcony, I still hear the uh, bombing going on in Gaza. Um, I can hear them, uh, big stuff being exploded as well. And uh, I earlier heard a lot of uh, explosions in the air from the um, missile uh, uh, attack from, uh, from Gaza. But um, it, it's really, a t I don't know where, where, which way to turn these days. I mean, uh, um, 
I just see here on on on, on a television screen here. I've got here. Do we just? We was about to get a declaration of how to wrote and he called it of Netanyahu and Biden. So that's going to be interesting to see what they're going to say to the two of them mm. and how they're going to do it on a, on a dual uh, um, t- television thing. You know, here's uh, here's Biden's uh, uh, thing in the White House um, uh, preparing for the. Uh, for the for the uh, um, the news conference or or the what do you, what do you call it? Uh, he can make his own uh, thing. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, right, uh, so they're showing right now Washington on the uh, Israeli news. Right. And uh, he's going to be making some type of statement. I understand. Uh, I, I noticed that it's American flag, and I don't know what other flag it is, but it's not Israel. They're both American flags. I think one is the seal of the president. I'm trying to see. Ah, the president's flag? Okay. I think it's the president's seal. Okay, they've gone back to the studio now here in Israel. Yeah. All right, I, I, uh, I want to say that, again, uh, over 7,000 rockets and missiles on Israel in just one day. Uh, the center of the country, which is the Tel Aviv area, has been bombarded with barrages of missiles uh, today. And we have uh, dozens, news reports say dozens of hostages that were taken, kidnapped, and taken to Gaza. We don't know the situation there. The Israeli news is not talking much about that that I could see. Alan, have you seen anything about that at all? Uh, I understand it includes men, women, and children. Yes, civilians and soldiers as well. Soldiers, they they were taken first, yes. But uh, I I still have a big, big, big corridor. Um, uh, um, um, a big question on how did we not know about this? How uh, how a, a total kishalon? I don't know what you have to say kishalon in English. Uh, a total disaster of of uh, of the of the intelligence uh, um, community. Where were they? You can't uh, 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 plan uh, an attack like this. With a thousand five hundred terrorists on motorbikes and on in cars, and and uh, to get to together and to at the same time attack uh, uh, Israel, blow a hole through the, the wall, come through the wall, and then spread out to the communities that were 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 designated to be captured, as well as to get to Israel. It was such a well coordinated attack by the terrorists. Where was the intelligence of the Israeli? Uh, uh, army. Where, how did where how did they get a bulldozer to the fence? Hamas used a bulldozer to take down sections of fence. How did that? How did that? How did that get to the fence? I was seeing stuff that just boggles the mind. That there was there was a guy who penetrated Israeli space with one of those uh, parafoils sitting on a cart and a kite, basically, and a tractor motor or whatever, and he flew. Right into Israel. Okay, I want to just interrupt here for a moment. Uh, Channel 14 News in Israel is reporting now over 200 dead and over 1,450 injured. Uh, this, uh, these are the latest uh, statistics that we have at this time on Saturday night here in Israel. Go ahead. One should also remember that they, 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 in Israel we have a tendency of breaking news slowly. So when they say at least 200, it's, it's probably a lot more. 
But um, my my uh, son, who is also part of my news network, he went to the uh, the guard uh, on duty in, uh, this morning in Shabbos, and the guard showed him pictures, horrifying pictures, which uh, uh, I haven't been able to track down. I haven't actually had a chance to look because my phone is not working properly tonight. Um, Backing with my phone, and um, uh, there were pictures of, of of a heap of soldiers, dead soldiers, Israeli soldiers, taken at one of the army bases. They actually walked in while they were sleeping and just mowed them down while they were in their sleep. And there was a whole at least twenty bodies there in that one alone. So it's all not been released. This is it's going to come out, and it's going uh, really it's going to break our hearts. It's going to break our hearts of how we we were so lethargic, so um, relying on the army, on, on the intelligence, and they let us down big time this time, the intelligence, big, big time. Uh, uh, there should be heads rolling, but as you know, everybody in this country, they cover for each other, and they say it wasn't me, it wasn't him, and he didn't have to know, it didn't win. Meantime, we got the, 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 um, the uh, results of, of horror, basically, what's, what's unfolding before us. Well, forgive me if I'm too cynical, but a lot of my anger towards the intelligence failure was that they were too busy saving democracy to worry about their real job. Yeah, well, that sounds like American as well. They were, Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't yeah, mean they, to speak they were looking, code, yeah, looking but, at uh, the opposition and uh, the, 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 the political rights that we've been having, and they were worrying about that and not about our security. They You're were right. distracted, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well. Uh. Anyway. Yeah. So, and as far as the bases down, I mean, you know, you saw the video of, of um, like, motor pools with Hamas that have three tanks in front of them. And that they were freely moving about. And... So uh, my son told me that when he was serving down there, and it being a chag, you can almost be guaranteed that they were recruits on their posts, the guard posts, or basically the new guys. So, but, but I don't know if it was told before that you know they actually um, 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 uh, took over control of the whole south there uh, in terms of Derot uh, was under the under Hamas control. The, they actually captured the police station. They killed the police commander. There was big fighting going hand-to-hand fighting at the police station in Zderot. Only recently now, in the last hour or so, I understand it's now been liberated and it's now back in Israeli hands. Yeah, um, driving- I, I want to interrupt you, Alan, because there's uh, footage going around on Telegram right now, which the Israeli media of course, is not showing because it is too gruesome for television. But there was a massacre that took place in one. I understand the report said on this, uh, at least, that uh, it was a a bomb shelter that Israelis in the Sterot area were uh, taking cover in. And apparently, uh, Arabs came knocking on the door trying to insinuate that they were uh, soldiers or security forces. This is what I understand. The, the details could change as more details come in, but uh, they opened the door and they came in and they slaughtered everyone, men, children, women, everyone there. It is a gruesome scene. 
uh, blood all over the walls, blood everywhere. They're not going to show this. And in fact, I sent this video to someone uh, who is involved, is a political activist here in Israel. And that person said that I don't think it's a good idea to share this because it's going to demoralize the people. And I understand that. It is a horrible, horrible footage to watch. I would tend to be on the other side of that argument saying that we must see this because we must not close our eyes to what is happening to our citizenry, how they can go in and slaughter families who are trying to take cover, innocent civilians, when we're going in and doing targeted attacks, trying to protect their civilians, and they come in purposely looking for civilians in order to slaughter them. And this should enrage us to the point where we finally take care of the problem because our, our method of not trying to uh, demoralize the people apparently hasn't worked. And I think that we need to take the other uh, side now and show our people exactly what's happening to us to, in order to finally put a stop to what's going on here. All right, uh, Alan, I need to uh, get another guest on in another couple of minutes. All right. Can you stay with us for those two minutes, and can we call you back later? You may, sure. Any, great. You can give us more updates. Thank you so much. All right, Matt, speak with Alan as I get our next guest on the phone, okay? So, Alan, you know, one of the things that, you know, we were discussing today, uh, and the real, I mean, I mean, the horror is the Israeli civilians who were kidnapped into Gaza. And how does that change the calculus for, you know... Uh, what, what has to what, what has to be done? I mean, I, you know, it's like how do you deal with thirty or forty Israeli human shields? It's it's really difficult. And as, as I said earlier, <clears throat> there's a report that if we go in uh, on a ground with ground forces uh, into Gaza, so Hezbollah is uh, threatened to attack us. But we have no option. We have to go in and get those people out. And uh, but uh, we're going to obviously take a very high price. And if I uh, was the, the, uh, the government, part of the government, I would demand, uh, give them an ultimatum by the morning. They're not home. The place is flattened. That's it. They know what the price will be. And that's the only way to... They will, uh, that's talking in their language. And, yes. and, and, uh, and uh, that's, the way, that's the way to go about it. But um, uh, we, we should... I don't know if I mentioned that uh, the, the whole place was, was actually under Hamas control. And 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 the, the slaughter that that, that uh, Tamar d- described now, now is I'm sorry, is, go ahead. is is exactly what what everybody should know about. We're not, not about the people that are being held hostage. That's the second stage. Right now, they should know who we're dealing with. Absolutely, absolutely. We 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 have to basically let everybody know the nature of the enemy that we're dealing with. Alan, thank you very much. I know tomorrow needs the line, and we're going to call yes. you back in uh, in a little while to rejoin the program. Okay, thank you thank very you. much. All the best. Thank you. Okay, and as we speak right now, again another barrage of uh, rockets and missiles over Israel, especially the center, uh, Rishon LeZion, and the um, Eriakov. Uh, um, I'm sorry, they're just coming in so fast. Rehovot. This is all the center of the country um, and around and near Tel Aviv. And uh, we're praying for the safety of our brothers and sisters all over the country who are under rocket fire. Matt, take over while I get our next guest on.
Okay, and uh, something else we're monitoring closely is whether uh, Ben Gurion Airport will uh, continue their operations. Hopefully, because I uh, apparently some flights have already started to uh, to get canceled because again, there's a lot of rocket strikes in um, in the Tel Aviv and, and surrounding areas. So hopefully, that will not have to happen. Um, it is. It's very difficult to keep up to date because the rockets are are just coming. Uh, Fast and furiously. Anyway, so Alan and I were discussing um, the the hostages. That also adds a, a whole different dimension to this. It, you know, uh, soldiers were taking. Uh, don't know how many were soldiers, but uh, uh, a large number of innocent women, children, an old woman, and her golf cart was taken. And um, uh, you know, you think about that horror and. Um, Matt. Of your family members disappearing into Gaza, yes, Tamar. Uh, we're. I just want to let our listeners know to stay with us because we're going to be having Jonathan Pollard on with us in a little while as well. But first, we're going to go to a, our guest, Aaron Bronstein. He's a former U.S. Foreign Service officer. He's worked in Washington. Egypt, Tunisia, and Muslim West Africa for 30 years as part of the United States Foreign Service. Today, he heads the Jewish Covenant Alliance at covenantalliance.org. I want to welcome to the show Aaron Bronstein. Aaron, you Hello. Yes, hi, Aaron. Yes, hi. How are you? Okay, so uh, tell us, what, tell us uh, what, what's going through your mind right now. Yes, well, uh, I'll leave aside... I'll leave aside the whole issue of this uh, really unbelievable inability of the uh, intelligence and military services to identify this kind of an attack, uh, and then to deal with it once it happened. Uh, I want to go rather to uh, the concepts behind it that have been now been proven so very wrong. And I think all of us have to make atonement for a false precept, several false precepts with regard to Hamas in Gaza. Okay, I just want we to say I want to interrupt definitely you, Aaron. in Gaza Aaron? For, Aaron? for decades. Okay, Aaron, Aaron, just a moment. I just want to announce uh, again more rocket fire over the Ashkelon area. And uh, we're praying again for the safety of our brothers and sisters. Go ahead, Aaron. Yes. One misperception was that you can make a deal with the devil. Uh, that, uh, as I have written and I said, Hamas uh, should have been destroyed from day one. Uh, and if the Islamic Jihad take over, then it too. And you wouldn't have to have huge uh, numbers of soldiers in uh, in Gaza in order to do that. But yet we met deals with them, and we traded hostages uh, with them. And uh, we thought that by giving a better life to the people of Gaza, who are so desperate for one, that that would have any influence on the terrorist leadership of, uh, of that uh, rogue state. Uh, and it hasn't. The second thing is uh, we've been so busy with Eretz Yisrael, the land of Israel, that we've forgotten about the state of Israel. There are too many people who wanted to keep Hamas alive as a counterpoise to Fatah and the PLO, divide 
divide and divide. And yet, uh, 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 the whole concept that uh, Hamas could be kept as a counterpoise uh, to Fatah is wrong from the very foundation. And it has led to an actual invasion of Israel that has not happened. Even in the Yom Kippur War, there was not an invasion of Israel proper, an entrance into Israeli uh, settlements. We, uh, Tzahal stopped uh, the invasion of two full armies. And here, uh, uh, a number of Hamas uh, terrorists is able to take over the entire South because we fed and nourished them for all these years. And it's all governments that have to pound their chests and atonement on this. Uh, the other thing that's extremely important, don't be deceived by uh, Hamas's claims that uh, uh, they're defending Al-Aqsa and uh, the Jews that went up on the top Temple Mount profaned the... Uh, uh, pr profane the holiness of the site and all that other rubbish. They're, they acted now in coordination with instructions from Iran in order to destroy the possibility, in the hope of destroying the possibility of an agreement between Saudi Arabia and Israel. Whatever the merits of it, and however that agreement might in fact be uh, put on paper, they saw it as a death blow to them because it would meant that the leader of the Muslim world, the Muslim Sunni world, would have signed and recognized the Jewish state. And for them, they would, they would go on any suicide mission to prevent that. And that's what's at stake here. So in a sense that this attack on Israel is also an attack on the government of Saudi Arabia and its policies. Um, the, uh, there's so much involved here. Uh, I could say at least um, the, um, the uh, reserves are being mobilized in a huge manner and this is definitely a deterrent against Hezbollah in the north. Uh, and uh, um, uh, I think uh, uh, especially people on the right have to start thinking about the state of Israel and, uh, and less about Eretz Israel. Because without the state of Israel, there is no Eretz Israel. There is no sovereignty. There is nothing. And there's no safety for a Jew anywhere in the world <coughs> if Israel goes under. Okay, Aaron, I have to interrupt you because right now there's another uh, um, <coughs> a missile at, uh, rocket attack on the southern, okay. southern uh, communities. Thank you so much, Aaron, for you c coming on the air and talking to us. You're welcome. All the Be best. well. Stay safe. All right. Uh, so again, right now we're having another uh, attack on the southern communities of Near Am, Sterot, uh, 
um, Evim and uh, Niram, and uh, we will try to keep you uh, updated with with what's happening. Matt, yeah, do, I'm, do you want to? I'm trying to get confirmation about IAF flyovers in southern Lebanon. And um, Miflasim as well. Miflasim is also under rocket attack right now. And uh, so I, I imagine, judging just by the air traffic where I live, in the direction that they're going, it seems plausible that they're just sending. Uh, they're just they're just trying to send a message on the northern border right now. Yes, but I'm just. Go ahead, Matt. No, I'm just saying I'm just trying to get confirmation because I've seen, you know, it's very difficult to get, like, you know, confirmed reports. You see, you know, you're on Telegram and you get IDF channels and then, you know, this channel and that channel. And it's just, you know, I just I hate to read something off of one site and I'm on I'm just perusing the Lebanese news to, for anything. And they're just concerned about the rising tensions, but aren't saying anything in their reports. Okay, and uh, right now, uh, the, the only thing I'm getting about, uh, they're not uh, showing Biden, President Biden speaking, but uh, they, they have uh, under uh, headlines uh, going across the page saying that he's saying that uh, the United States supports Israel and that this is not the time to attack Israel. That's uh, okay, all I'm, I'm, I'm sorry if, that's, if you heard that. Are those jets? Yeah. I'm 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 sitting outside to not get in the way of everybody else glued to the television and I'm not far from a base that was a loud one. Okay. All right. So uh, we do have to say that Matt is up north in the northern uh closer to the northern part of the country than yes. I am and to to hear jets going off there is concerning. Uh we don't know what yeah. uh what they're doing. Uh and if we get any uh information then of course we'll let you know. Uh, so, get, you know, uh, um, and uh, Matt, Matt, I just want to say I'm going to be getting on now a, a resident who is living in the south of the country in Ashkelon that's been under heavy, heavy attack uh, today. <coughs> Excuse me. And was hit. I believe that there were some cars that caught fire, if not more damage. He'll let us know. I'm going to be getting him on the air uh, while you're talking. OK. OK. Yeah. So now I have a friend in Ashkelon as well who sent pictures from her window of an apartment building a couple blocks away ablaze. I think Ashkelon took a few direct hits today. But unfortunately, uh, because our our enemy uh, is not stupid, they've learned to overwhelm the Iron Dome system. And so what they do is they throw barrages of rockets that uh, they know there's not enough rockets in the Iron Dome. And so if they throw enough up, some of them are going to hit their target. And apparently it's been a very successful day for them. Unfortunately, um, uh, quite a toll right now. It's over 200 uh, dead Israelis. And uh, we don't know, of course, that's not going to be all just from from the rockets. That's no doubt going to be from the Gaza infiltrations as well. Um, Hard day here in Israel because uh, everybody here has uh, probably some family member who's been called up for the reserves, and and um, and now who knows when we're going to see them again. And Tamar touched on that sort of in the beginning. Um, it's kind of uh, tough to wrap your head around. I'm new to Israel. I've been here for just over three years, and in America, you know, I mean, I guess you could kind of compare this to 9/11, but it's just different. Um, it's uh, yeah. There will there will quite, be no school experience. tomorrow, of course, in Israel as well. Pardon? I'm sorry, tomorrow. 
So, you know, one of the humbling things about being a new immigrant to Israel, especially in times of conflict, uh, my first year here was uh, Shomer Chomot, which was a, a brief operation, I guess, about a, something like 10 days and 4,000, 4,500 rockets out of Gaza. And, um, uh, and you know, so for me, it's, it's crazy, but Israelis would say, well, welcome to Israel. <laughs> I don't think they're saying that today. Anyway, Tamar has another guest we're ready to bring on now. Yes, we have joining us uh, Mati Yitzhak. He is a resident of Ashkelon. And uh, Mati, why don't you tell people what you do? I know you have a website you can give out and, uh, and anything else. And then you can share your experiences today in Ashkelon under fire. Okay. Hi. Good evening, everybody. And... Um well, I'm out on the Mepesset as well as your previous speaker, Mepesset and I can tell you balcony. that the the smell of uh, the smoke, which is blowing up uh, from Gaza, as we've been pounding it this evening, uh, it's very, very strong. Let me tell you what we've been going through, and uh, just coming back to what someone said just a, a moment ago about, you know, you have four or five hundred rockets come in over a ten-day period. That was um, unfortunate. Four, five hundred rockets over a ten-day period, that's a lot. This morning, within an hour, five thousand rockets came over. Many, many, many of those came to Ashkelon. I was woken up at 6.15 by the first sirens. I, they, these are right out of the blue. And what I noticed was our Kippat Barzell was working, but it wasn't working sufficiently. Such was the number of rockets coming over that the Kippat Barzell just couldn't cope. Rockets were landing around me 100, 150 meters. That's 100, 150 yards for you guys in America. Um, imagine you wake up at uh, 6.15, 6.30, and your building is rocking because the rockets are exploding all around you on the ground. Forget the noise of the uh, Kippat Barzell intercepting upstairs. Just a second. Um, Monty, Kippat yeah. Barzell is the Iron Dome. If you can try to translate it after you use a Hebrew word, go ahead. Sure. Um, so the Iron Dome tries to intercept uh, all of the uh, rockets. Normally we get about a 90-95%. But the sheer number of the terrorist rockets coming out from that terrorist place just overwhelmed our system. And the rockets weren't just coming to Ashkelon. They were coming to Rishon Litzion. They were coming to Tel Aviv. They'd been fired at Jerusalem. This is a day, this is a day when we were meant to be rejoicing the Torah. This is the day when we uh, all together come and celebrate and instead of that celebration, which we were all expecting, because I can tell you this has come out of the blue, we, it is now a day of mourning. Instead of being celebrants, we are Ave Lim. We are Ave Lim for the hundreds of people who have died. Ave we are, are mourners. We are mourners. Yeah, sorry, I keep on using these Hebrew words. But we, yeah, we are mourners for the hundreds of people who have died. And we know it's uh, publicly, they're saying uh, on the TV, it's uh, 200 people. The reality is it's likely to be many, many more than that. 200 Jewish souls who have been murdered today. I was watching some apologetic uh, people uh, in interviews saying, well, the situation in Gaza, it's so bad, the people are frustrated, they've got nothing to do, and so they turn to terrorism. Let me just tell those apologists that the one thing, the one goal Hamas had is to destroy every Jew in 
Eretz Yisrael. You don't understand what Eretz Yisrael is? It's the land of Israel. Every Jew must be killed if they're in the land of Israel, and then beyond. That is the one goal. We don't need to hear apologies uh, about, oh, they could do it if, if only they had some money, if we give them more money, more millions of dollars. It's not going to work. They just want to kill us, and they've shown it again to us today. Now, what's going to happen uh, overnight? What frustrates me, what frustrates me is every time, you know, even if there's a little flare-up, a few rockets come over, and the IDF says that they eliminated some IDF targets. Well, I was always curious why, if there are known Hamas targets, they're even allowed to exist in the first place. I tell you why. To creating the situation we're in. I can tell you why. We're Jews. We're different to them. We don't want to go around killing people. We don't even want to go around killing terrorists. If they just keep to themselves and never bother us, they can get on with their hate. We don't mind, but it's when they want to come to kill us. But we are Jews, you see. We can't just go in there. I'm I'm so angry. I'm so angry about what's happened today that I would say, let's not just cut off their electricity down to Gaza, as we've done. Let's also cut off their water. Let them have no water until they give all of those hostages that they've taken today, the civilian ones and the military ones, until they've given them back to us. Safely. And the ones safely. that they've been holding for a, a decade prior. And the ones they've been holding every every Friday morning, I go down to the uh, protests demanding the return of our soldiers the, uh, who have been killed in combat. But, you know, what sort of enemy is it that, that says, we're not even going to give you your dead back? In fact, we're going to use those dead to get our captured terrorists back so that they can kill more of you later on. What sort of enemy are we dealing with? We can't make peace. We will never make peace with this enemy. And this enemy, unlike maybe the PLO, which was a you know a really bad uh, group of people, Hamas is Amalek. Amalek, that group of people who seek our destruction. And God told us, go and kill Amalek every single one. We're at that stage where Amalek, Hamas, has to be destroyed. And let's stop being Jews. Let's go in there and do the business. We have the equipment to do it. We have the brains to do it. We have the skills to do it. I know that we don't want to lose any lives doing it, but it's going to happen. This is war. But, you know, I, I, I sit here and uh, I'm just waiting for the next batch of rockets to come in because I see them from my balcony coming out of Gaza on their way to Tel Aviv, on their way to Rishon, on their way to Jerusalem. And uh, eventually, of course, they also fall on uh, where I am, in Ashkelon. And I say, what are we going to do? How can we put up with this? With, a, with a, an enemy you cannot negotiate with. I'm glad to see that the Europeans, huh, in their strongest language ever, have supported us on what's going on today. I'm glad to see the British have, and the Americans have, and the French have, and the Germans have. But we need to translate that into real action. The world needs to agree Hamas is Amalek, and Amalek must be destroyed. 
Monty, can you uh, share some of your experiences with us about uh, being, uh, you, you have a safe room, but other people in Ashkelon do not have a bomb shelter in their apartments. They have to go to a common one. Tell us a little bit about what people are facing there. Okay, so when you wake up at 6.15 in the morning because the siren goes off, you're a little bit dazed. You rush into a safe room, you slam the door closed, the first, the first rocket that's, or rockets that come over, you don't have time to close the metal door that covers up the window. How so you just have to duck on the floor. How long does it take for a rocket to reach from Gaza to Ashkelon? Uh, officially, it takes 30 seconds. Right. It doesn't. It takes about 15 seconds. Mm-hmm. You know, we are 10 miles from Gaza, 10 miles, and these are rockets being fired. Rockets. So it's 10 miles. It doesn't take a few seconds for a rocket to cover that distance. Um, the second, as soon as the, the first wave is over, we quickly close the shutters, uh, which are steel shutters on the windows. So we are now protected. Our steel door is closed so that nothing can get in, nothing can get out. And we wait there for 10 minutes until uh, it's finally all clear and we come, up, come out. If you don't have one of those uh, rooms in your house, I tell you what you have to do. You have to run down the stairs to what's called a miklat, a secure room for the public. It's a public shelter. And that takes more than 15 seconds. It takes more than 30 seconds. And, and that's what you, you have to do to time and time again. And I was out this morning when, we, when the, uh, there was a break. I quickly took my dog out to, uh, to do what dogs need to do after a whole night in. And I was caught out there four times where I had to lay on the ground with my arms over my head, the uh, rockets being intercepted over my head, holding my dog. And a woman, a young woman, also out walking, she came and she uh, wanted to lay down next to me uh, for a bit of protection so that we could protect each other. That's what it's like. Imagine, imagine that you're walking along a street and suddenly you have to hit the deck and put the hands over the head because a rocket's coming in straight over you. That's what it's like. Scary? Of course it's scary. We have to put up with this because we live in Israel. But do we have to put up with it? Let's take the action and stop it once and for all. Yeah, Again, I, excuse me for interrupting. Yes. I, I have something here. A yes. minister, uh, defense minister, Yoav Gallant, has extended the emergency situation to the entire state of Israel. Right. Uh, allowing the Home Front Command to restrict gatherings earlier. The special situation was declared only within the 80 kilometers of Gaza Strip. Right, right. And also, uh, in addition to that, the Hamas is now trying to, how do you say, ligayes, moti, help me, Uh, like, oh, I'm forgetting my English. They're trying to get the Arabs inside Israel to now start attacking all over uh, the country. What they're trying to do is to cause an inter- Right, a fifth column. Uh, the internal, you know, twenty percent, twenty percent of the Israeli population is Arab. What Hamas is trying to do is to get that twenty percent to turn on their neighbours, to turn on their neighbours, and to start shooting and killing Jews. That's all they're doing: shooting and killing Jews. That's all they want to do. The other thing, I saw a report, and I don't know whether it's fully accurate that some of the UNIFIL uh, soldiers up on the Lebanon border have actually stood down from their posts. I saw that on uh, a television report. I don't know whether you've heard it there. 
But that would obviously be very important to to, to know if that had happened. Have well, you, you know, the UN was the UN stood down and allowed uh, Egypt to uh, enter Israel and got us into war before. Right. Uh, gotta love when. <laughs> Here's one. Are you familiar with the U.S. Office of Palestinian Affairs? Uh, yeah, I know of it. Yeah. Right, right. So, uh, so they released a statement. We we unequivocally condemn the attack of Hamas terrorists and the loss of life that is incurred. We urge all sides to refrain from violence and retaliatory attacks. Yeah. Terror and violence solve nothing. So there you go. Yeah. Thanks. Appreciate that. I, yeah. I, I want to uh, give some more breaking news here. This is from the Jerusalem Post. It says here that uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu offered Yair Lapid and uh, Gantz entry into a broad uh, coalition. Uh, this is very bad news in the sense that this falls right into the hands of what uh, U.S. President Biden was pushing Israel to do because uh, most likely Lapid and Gantz, though I'm not completely against a, uh, uni uh, a, a unified government, it's, it's that they're going to not agree to serve in the same government that um, that Itamar Ben-Gvir and the right wing are in. So this is going to push the government left. This is what U.S. President Biden wanted all, uh, uh, you know, all along in order to also push the Saudi deal. There's a lot of politics involved in here, and uh, we're going to see what develops there. Moti, uh, before we let you go, I want to give you as much time as you need. Do you, is there anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners? I was I was uh, privileged to be down in the town of Stadot yesterday. Uh, I took some guests down there. I took them to uh, some memorials uh, for Jews who had been killed defending our country. And then we went to inside Stadot, where there's a beautiful uh, Humusia. Humusia is a place that sells hummus and falafel. And it's great. It's a young student place because Stadot is a student city. And uh, it's really laid back. It's a bit of a hippie place. And we were in there. It's a great spot. And Yeah, it is. And uh, it's next door to the police station. And we went into the sukkah. And we were laughing and joking, and the sun was shining, and we're all looking forward to, you know, we, <laughs> this is the last day of Sukkot, and tonight is Simchat Torah, and everything was happy. And I see on the television now that same sukkah standing there, leaning over, next to the police station, which is filled terrorists. The terrorists have taken over the police station in the town. They're calling, we are calling for the police station to be destroyed just to get rid of the terrorists that are in it. And I'm thinking, how does it happen? How can it happen that we can be so joyous on Sukkot in a sukkah in a town and a few hours later that town has terrorists running through it killing, murdering, maiming every Jew they can find. How does it happen? Wow. Yeah. Well, something has to be fixed here. Our policy of uh, containing and managing the terrorists has obviously not worked, and we need to take a different approach and find... Which is why those this. videos have to be seen tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and 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 we should finally, we should finally accept, 
you know, as, I came, as I've said to you before, we don't want to do bad things to people. We're Jews. We're different to them. We're not the animals they are. We are different. But we need to recognize this is not a normal enemy. This is Amalek. This is the enemy of enemies. Yeah, people who don't know what Amalek is, think it. Nazi. Think Nazi. Wow. Moti, God bless you. Uh, we're going to be doing another show tomorrow. If anything else develops, please contact me, and we'll be happy to put you on the air Okay. And just on that note, I can hear our boys, our brave boys, going over in the, uh, in the aircraft heading for uh, Aza to take out some uh, more Hamas posts and hopefully to kill a few more of those terrorists so that we can uh, finally achieve peace at some point. Please thank you very, very much. Mati, thank and, uh, you. Let's and hope that we safe. all have a quiet stay night. Safe, stay Mati. safe. Regards to your lovely wife and to the whole community there in Ashkelon, and, and stay safe, Mati. Mati, thank do you want to give out your website or, or any other information about yourself? Yeah, you can see on my website. I'm Mr. Ashkelon um, because I've been here so long. Uh, people call me Mr. Ashkelon. I uh, deal a lot of property here, which, by the way, after a war, the property prices seem to go up. Um, but you can see me. You can find out all about me on MrAshkelon.com. MrAshkelon.com. Thank you so Thank much, you. Be safe. Be safe. Take care. All right. And uh, here's some more updates. Uh, I just want to clarify here, because if you go to Israeli websites, they say over 3,500 or over 3,000 rockets and missiles uh, launched against Israel in one day. But if you go, uh, I saw news reports, and I'm looking right now, that the Hamas is claiming that they've fired 7,000 rockets from Gaza. And uh, again, they've also kidnapped Israeli civilians and soldiers. We do not know their condition. We do not know where they are being held. And uh, we do not even know exactly how many uh, at this time. So it's, uh, Israel is still trying to, in a sense, get its pants on. Um, I, I say that sadly. And uh, we were not ready for this, and I don't understand why we were not ready for this. I don't understand how something like this could have happened. Let's remember that Hamas is in our backyard. It's, uh, it's along the border of Israel. We have army bases all over there. And that something like this could happen, I think, is just, it's, it's godly in a sense that perhaps God is trying to teach us to turn to him. We can't rely on our brave, wonderful soldiers and our beloved IDF. It takes more than that, and we need to be uh, serving God and doing what he wants. This is my opinion. You can agree, you can disagree, uh, but something here is, is uh, uh, you know, alateva. It's, it's, it's supernatural, in, in, in my opinion, because I just don't know how this could have happened. Matt, why don't you uh, talk a little bit while I get our next guest on. We're going to try to get uh, Jonathan Pollard on now. I think he has a lot to, he's going to want to have to say. <laughs> we were, you know what? We were talking about Jonathan Pollard today, my wife and I. I said, oh, I bet you he's not surprised. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I don't think any of us were surprised. I, you know, on Rosh Hashanah, uh, we, we when we're in the synagogue and we're praying, we are uh, God is judging us, and our whole next year is basically written in our book what's going to be. And so we have to understand that this war that we're in now was already in the books on Rosh Hashanah. God already said this is what's going to happen. Yeah. So perhaps our prayers are not strong enough. I, I don't know, but we all. We all need to do whatever we can in order to tip the scales in our favor 
to do, well, go out and do I, an extra hope, good deed uh, and turn to God and have a better relationship. Go ahead, Matt. You talk while I get our guest on. You, all, you know, you just hope that, um, you know, you pull out of horrible situations some opportunity for growth. And I know that, you know, what I pray for every single day is that God does not send us an enemy to teach us the importance of Jewish unity, because I'm sure, you know, if you're listeners to Israel News Talk Radio, you're aware of the division that has been going on uh, in Israel, well, you know, really for more than, not not just the last 10 months, but for quite a while, just between the left and the right and the religious and the anti-religious. I mean, we had on, on Yom Kippur, the most solemn day of the year, um, leftists assault people praying, not just in Tel Aviv. It happened all over all other communities in Israel as well. It happened, happened in the... Uh, the liberal tolerant uh, bastion of Zichron Yaakov, uh, the most disgraceful Jews attacking other Jews while praying on Yom Kippur. And and uh, you want to know why God sends us enemies. That's, it's not too difficult to figure out. But, um, you know, it's a, a really weird thing about living in Israel. The military does not do major drills on Shabbat, on Saturday. So... Um, the first inkling that there was a problem this morning when I heard the military helicopters flying low out my window. And I thought, hmm, that's not good. Any event. Um, so, you know, that's how, uh, that's how it goes. You get little hints like that living in Israel. It's, um, it's, it's surreal. Yeah. Anyway, um, we so have, who knows uh, what tomorrow will bring, because uh, as I understand it, and it's hard to get accurate news out of Israel, but I believe they're still tr struggling to control communities in the south. There are still communities in Israel that are not controlled by right. Israel. Matt, we have Jonathan um, Pollard on with us right now. Oh, all right, fantastic. And uh, I want to welcome to the show Jonathan Yohonatan. Hello, I can, I can barely hear you right now. Okay. Um. I hope this is better, but, uh, you know, you are uh, uh, constantly sending out news stories and commentating on it. We wish that, uh, many of us wish that you were the defense minister here, here in Israel, or even the prime minister, some might say. And uh, because you've been talking about how we have been kicking the can down the road, and we've right. been managing the terror, not uh, eliminating it. So uh, please share with us what's on your mind right now after seeing what's gone on today. Okay, can you hear me all right? We hear you perfectly. All right. First of all, um, there were a number of us who, I hate to say this, and I hate to be right, but there were a number of us uh, this past week that were predicting um, something was going to happen today. Um, last week, um, Palestinian Islamic Jihad, the PIJ, uh, were testing long-range rockets towards the north. I mean, it was over the towards the ocean, but it was towards the north. And that was one indication that um, they had the capability, which they, which we didn't know before, of reaching places like Tel Aviv, reaching central Israel. Uh, the second thing that happened was that they had a massive military parade 
um, all, all their guys in for neat formations with their drones, new drones, and their heavy artillery pieces and their heavy rockets that they've developed um, in a parade formation. And we were all joking, you know, somebody should, you know, wake up Bibi or maybe wake up Gallant and say, you got them right there. You've got maybe 90% of Palestinian Islamic Jihad. Launch an airstrike, launch an artillery strike, something, just take them out. And um, when I did contact somebody in the Kiria about this, they said, look, this is just a propaganda display, that's all. And I said to them, no, if you look at the end of the video, it says quite plainly in Arabic and then in English, soon. I said, they've never done this before. Soon. And uh, what does soon mean? Soon meant today because of the anniversary with the Yom Kippur War. And uh, I and several other people were called, quote, hysterical. Okay, I hated to be right on this one. I really, really did. So what happened? Right now, what happened was the culmination of years of military mismanagement and political irresponsibility. As far as the Army is concerned, ever since I came home, I've been calling for judicial, uh, sorry, for military reform. Everybody lately has been talking about judicial reform. I've been talking about military reform because the same problem that exists with the high court here, where they kind of elect themselves from uh, generation to generation, the army has done the same thing. And it's this mentality of kicking the can down the road, of not decisively eliminating enemies, but managing them, that we've seen, we now see the consequences of that today. Um, we built a barrier along the Gaza border at massive expense. And the first thing I thought when I first heard that they were actually considering this years ago was only weak people build walls like this. Only people who are refusing to confront and eliminate the threat build a barrier like this. And as far as the barrier is concerned, unlike the Maginot Line, which the Germans actually had to go around, this one, they just cut right through it. All the billions of dollars that were spent on this, uh, you know, Niplu's Ultra equivalent of a barrier was nothing. It was like cheesecloth to these guys. Came right through. Where were, where were the soldiers? This is worse than 73. Because in 73, there was a lot of indications and warning. There were poor decisions being made by our leaders uh, under American pressure and under American lies. Here, we have no one but ourselves to blame. We can't say Uncle Sam was twisting our arms or miss directing us, misguiding us. So what happened? Well, they just came right across. Well, the Egyptians spent a lot of time moving their air defenses in violation of a, an agreement up to the Suez Canal. And they kind of lulled us into a sense of complacency. Well, the Hamasniks did the same thing with all these riots on the border. 
And what they did was they weakened whole sections of the barrier. And those were the areas that we that they went through. So slowly, slowly, just like the Egyptians with their air defense batteries, these guys moved up slowly, created uh, vulnerabilities in the fence line that were not fixed, and just opened the whole thing up. Now, I've seen photos of the line during the attack today. There were no Israeli soldiers anywhere on the line. I didn't see a damn one of them. Not one. Where were they? I have no idea. Were they sleeping? Were they called back? Were they released for the hug? I have no idea. But there was no defensive fire at all when Hamas came through the barrier. None. The other problem was Bibi, and I'm going to get to him in just a second. Bibi just recently allowed the Gazans to come back, uh, the, the day workers, supposedly, to come back into Israel to work. 13,000 a day. When I asked some people today how many went back, the embarrassed answer was, well, we really don't know how many recrossed back into Gaza. Okay? So there is some evidence now that a fair number of those workers that came across through the Arabs crossing and other crossings stayed behind and took up arms from God knows where. I mean, it was easy for them to get them in the Negev, certainly amongst the Bedouins. There's no problem. They could be completely equipped with whatever they wanted. And so they could attack our positions from the rear. They could infiltrate communities. They could take over whole communities. They could do anything. So that's a question that I'm sure we'll never get a, uh, a complete answer on. The government will do what the government does best, which is basically lie. Now, the other problem here is Iron Dome. And believe it or not, I was opposed to the use of Iron Dome as an excuse for inaction. What that means is, and it was I was afraid this was going to happen, instead of using Iron Dome as a cover, a temporary protective cover for communities, while the army moves forward offensively, Iron Dome suddenly became a panacea. It suddenly became a solution for everything. Right. As long as it was 90% or 95% effective, then the Army didn't have to think about taking decisive offensive movements against Hamas and PIJ and other terrorist organizations in Gaza. And that's exactly what happened. We lulled ourselves with the border security fence and now uh, Iron Dome into a sense of complacency. And that fit the Army's agenda perfectly. We've had a succession of horrible um, chiefs of staff. Recently with Halevi, uh, with Kohavi, with uh, Eisenkot, who was dreadful, a whole raft of them. These people do not want war. They're like prison wardens. They basically want to end the day with no escapes and no officers killed. And then they go home. And this is, this is what you get. Now, as far as Bibi is concerned, he is directly responsible for this. Nobody else. Bibi Netanyahu. I want people to understand this. 
anybody who votes for the Likud party headed by this man should have their head examined. Right now, Bibi should resign in disgrace. Everybody and their uncle knew it was just a matter of time before something like this happened. This is not a surprise. But Bibi didn't care about this. This man has never been able to pull the trigger on anything. Everything is just tomorrow, or he wraps it in some other um, piece of, uh, of birthday wrapping to misguide people in terms of his own inadequacy. He's great on the world stage, talking Stuyot, but when it comes down to brass tacks, no. Let, so let what me, happened? Let me interrupt He's you asleep for a moment. at the wheel. Jonathan? This disaster, debacle happens. So what does he do? I want you to think about this. Jonathan? He opens, he, he opens up his uh, speech with this, this very pompous or pious statement of we're at war. Barur, yeah, we're at war. No, well, I mean... Thank you. I didn't realize that. Jonathan, I, I want to interrupt you for a moment if I can. Um, I just want to read out a statement from uh, the Prime Minister to the people of Israel this evening that he just gave. Uh, let me just uh, paraphrase this. He says here, Hamas started a, a vicious war that we will win on our holy day, holiday and Shabbat. Sahal, or the IDF, will use all its might to destroy them. We will decimate... Okay, hang on. Let me just read the statement out. We will decimate anywhere the Hamas is. Gaza's citizens get out because we will take action where we need to. Hamas, you are responsible for the well-being of every one of our citizens you took, meaning kidnapped and are being held hostage in Gaza, and we will hold you accountable for any harm to them. We okay. stand, just let me just finish, we stand with our army, police, medical teams, and volunteers. Our heart is with the injured and goes out to the bereaved families. Hard days are in front of us. We will preserve, uh, persevere and win. All right, now you can comment. Okay, that sounds really great. Uh, it's not quite Churchillian, but uh, it's as close as he, he can get to, uh, you know, kind of channeling Winston Churchill, you know, blood and sweat and all that stuff. It's, it's BS. The point I, of the I matter it, is, he, just the, the yeah. point of the matter is, he is directly responsible for what happened today. Him, Bibi Netanyahu. So what does he do? Apart from issuing pompous statements like this, he immediately reaches out to Benny Gantz, and uh, yeah, Lapid, yeah. Okay, now what he's doing—it's really smart because he's trying to obfuscate his responsibility, his culpability for this disaster by spreading the blame or the risk around. Okay, he's spreading it out. Why in the world would you reach out to two individuals who did more to demoralize the army and to encourage our enemies? to think we were weak and divided and irresolute into a new government. These are the people that, that are responsible, actually, for encouraging Hamas to believe that we were vulnerable. Now, the reason we were vulnerable was because of Bibi Netanyahu. Bibi's been prime minister almost 16 years longer than, I think, longer than any other person. 
He's had all this time to take care of Gaza. I gave a briefing a little while ago in which I laid out a very simple course of action with regard to Gaza. You tell people to leave. You go out through Egypt. The Egyptians know how to deal with them. They rob them and just send them on their way. And then you basically tell Hamas and PIJ, you want a war? You're going to have one now. And you concentrate the forces. And I can't go into the rest of the details of, of the policy, of the scenario. But at the end of the day, which was about a week and a half to two weeks later, not one Israeli soldier crossed the border. Not one rocket left Gaza. Gaza itself was no bigger than an anthill. And Hamas and the rest of the terrorists were dead and buried under the rubble. Now that, without one Israeli soldier crossing the border. And I was called a barbarian by the brass that I briefed. A barbarian. Jonathan? This is better. This is better. Jonathan, you sent yeah. out a news piece uh, from the Jerusalem Post saying that Netanyahu offered Lapid and Gantz entry into a broader uh, coalition. And uh, you have been saying all the time that this is uh, uh, something that is coming from the White House under the Biden administration, because if he makes this broader government, the uh, Gantz and, and Lapid will all never out. sit with the right which means that, yeah, Itamar Ben-Gavir is out and Smotrich is out, and the right-wing government is gone. So why don't you tell us more about that? From the start, this government was bound to fail. Why? Because Bibi is not a nationalist, and he's not a rightist. He's always served as the fulcrum, so to speak, between a left and a right-wing in a coalition government. Well, in this government, lo and behold, there is no left wing except Bibi Netanyahu. He, he was actually the left wing. And from the start, in coordination with the White House, there was a campaign of vilification against Itamar Ben-Gvir and Tzalo Smutsich. And it was quite clear from the start that this was being coordinated with the White House, that Bibi himself wanted these two, quote, extremist parties to leave of their own free will, but to, to leave, whether, whether they're pushed out a window or they jumped is irrelevant. He wanted them to leave so that Gantz in particular could come in. And if Lapid could come in even better, remember, he has run a government with both. So they don't represent a problem for him. And as far as the... Judicial reform is concerned, that's dead now, obviously. That's dead. Now, when Bibi was in Washington recently, Channel 12 ran an interesting broadcast. They split the screen. And in English, Bibi was saying, we're through with judicial reform, we're not going to go forward with it, it's divided the country, it's over. And on the other side of the screen, he's speaking to the Hebrew, the Israeli reporter, saying, we're going full speed ahead with the judicial reform, you know, we've just met a speed bump or had a speed bump, but we're going forward with it. So I, a lot of us were thinking, like, what the hell is he doing? Well, the real conversation he was having was with the Americans, not the Israeli public. And Gantz, of course, just went there privately. 
supposedly, quietly. So what are they talking about? Ostensibly, they were talking about this deal, uh, the normalization deal with Saudi Arabia. I'm sure they did talk about that. But the real issue was Bibi's plan to get rid of Bitsalo and Itamar. So I'm not saying that this war with Hamas uh, offensive was planned anywhere except in Gaza and in Tehran, possibly Beirut. But they wanted to be in a position to take advantage of something, anything that might happen. So it wasn't so much that this was planned as it was just waiting for the right moment or an opportunity to come to fruition. So what's happening? Okay, these two government, these two parties will come in, and Bitsalo and Itamar, their two parties are going to be marginalized, and who knows what will happen at this point. They may, they may, may, may not even have to leave to be neutralized, which they will be. They can leave or they can just stay in the government and be inconsequential. And this is something Bibi wanted. And so he got it. Now, here's a guy who is responsible by his inaction and his irresolution for what just happened. Taking in two guys who are responsible for the demoralization of the army and the encouragement of our enemies into thinking that we were vulnerable. What in the world is going on now? Well, what's going on is the fact that we have an illegitimate government, and I've mentioned this before. And what we have to do is remember the next time we go to the polls that the, that the Likud and these other two jokers, Gantz doesn't have two brain cells to rum together, and Lapid, who is a really bad guy, are directly responsible for this debacle that just happened. Now, I, there are good people in the, in the Likud, but unfortunately, these good people care more about their seats than they do about the welfare of the land and people of Israel. That's the problem with the Likud. It's, it's a bankrupt party. I don't know what they stand for anymore. And if they allow this arrangement to take place, then they deserve to be defeated roundly at, at, at the next, uh, during the next election. What, what the, would army, you, yeah. the army, when all is said and done, I have said this before, is the biggest killer of our people. And when I said this for the first time uh, last year, there was no objection from an audience of about 5,000 people. Not one. And I asked, are there any comments to what I just said? Stone silence. What this means is more than we need a new government to come in with people, honest people, who are accountable to the people and who are dedicated only to protecting and serving the land and people of Israel. But we need a house cleaning in the Kyria. Trust me. No heads will roll because of what just happened. And that should be a big tip-off. Right now, the chief of staff, the deputy chief of staff, and I would say most of the general staff, 
should resign and face charges for gross negligence and dereliction of duty. How yeah. is it that these guys just walked at multiple points along the along the defense? I listened today. It was horrible to communications from people in the kibbutzim and in Sterot screaming, where is the army? Where is the army? They're at the door. They're coming in. Then dead. The line was dead. Where is the army? Right. Think about that. So, Where Jonathan, if uh, if these people, let's just pretend that all of a sudden they would get the urge to resign because they see that they have failed in their in their positions of protecting the country. Um, who, who would take over? And by the way, right now there's another uh, rocket attack over in Nitivot. That's a community in the southern part of Israel. Right. And also in... Uh, uh, Okay, so there's too many now. It's just coming up right, one after another. Right now. But the South is under attack again. Yeah. A sergeant major in the Golani would do a better job as chief of staff than every one of them that we've had going back 10, 15 years. Why? Because that sergeant major is a warrior. That's why. He's not a paper pusher. He's not a leftist, a vile leftist. I talked to a bunch of guys today that were getting ready to be deployed. I won't say what unit they were in. They were reserves. And they were mad. They weren't mad at Hamas. They understood what they were dealing with there. They were mad at our government, and they were mad at the high command. So what could I do for them? So I talked to them. There were 20, 30 of them. I talked to them. They're getting ready to go to war. And what could I do to help them? I asked them, how many of you have the purity of arms, the little left wing of Odazara that's used as, you know, to make us the most moral army in the world? And they all pulled it out. I said, could I have them all? And they gave them to me. And I threw them in the trash can. And I told them point blank. It was something my father told me before I, I went into the military back in the States. I said to them, your duty and obligation is to the land and the people that you, you're defending. That's it. To the man or woman on either side of you. You do what you have to do to avenge our deaths and to kill and eliminate the enemy. Take no prisoners and show no fear before the enemy. And uh, I got the response I hoped I would get. Which but was? our army has been brainwashed. They've attempted to brainwash our kids for decades with this purity of arms. The only obligation our army has is to kill and destroy decisively our enemies at any opportunity we have. But that's not what our generals think. No, no, no. We have to fight fairly. We have to be willing, as uh, Eisenkot said, and Gantz later repeated it, that he was proud to sacrifice an Israeli soldier to preserve an innocent Palestinian. Innocent Palestinian? I don't know what that means. I don't think there are any. There are enemies. 
randomly well, shouldn't be given any consideration. I think that our defense minister needs to worry about our own population more than the the other popu- the enemy population. No, but that's the whole point. So Bibi yeah. says now, for example, you should leave. I'm sorry that it doesn't work that way. What you say at the beginning of an offensive operation, not like right now, but at the beginning of an offensive operation that you start, you better get somewhere now because if you stay here, you're going to die. So 65 to 70% of the Gazans who were last polled said they wanted to get out. Fine, so you give them an opportunity. You blow up the Hamas uh, barriers that were placed on the Egyptian border, and you basically blow open an escape route for them. So you let them out, which means that everyone else staying in Gaza is essentially a civilian auxiliary of the terrorist forces. They deserve nothing but a quick end. They don't deserve any other consideration by us. But Bibi, as usual, is doing things ass-backwards. So who knows what will happen. We're going to see a lot of, I don't know, fighter-bomber sorties and buildings, unoccupied buildings being blown up and bombs dropping in, uh, you know, fields. That who, Who knows what they're doing? The one thing they're not doing is they're not clearing Gaza of the of an enemy population and then annihilating our enemies they aren't going to do that why because as i was told what do you, we can't take over gaza we can't manage gaza why do you think we got out in the first place during the kidnap hook and i said you know my response to that was you don't have to take over you know a problem you eliminate the problem you clear it out you destroy the enemy then you move in. You clear the area out, and you build. You you basically annex the area and be done with it. And I'll tell you, there's nothing more than decisive action that will shut people up. But when you prevaricate and you him and haw and you, you lie through your teeth, people are pretty smart. They can figure out you're basically a bloody coward. And that's what this government is right now. It's collectively a bloody coward. Look at what they're doing in the territories. How many times have people been attacked in Hawara? And they're building, excuse me for saying this, but this bypass road makes the elders of Helm look like geniuses. If we have a bypass road, who are, who's going to be on the bypass road? Jews. It makes it a lot easier for Hamas, and all the other bad guys in, in, in the territory to just shoot at a car knowing that it isn't, a, and it, there are no Arabs in it. They're all Jews. The only solution, for example, with Hawara, as I've said, is level it and relocate the people, deport the people to Ramallah and, and let Abbas deal with it, or Gaza. That was my preference. Or Egypt. But you, have to level, you have to level Hawara completely as, a, as an object lesson and then go on to Janine. But these are things that Bibi and the Army will never do. Never. They'd rather build a bypass road that will serve as a shooting gallery for our people or a multi-billion dollar fence along the Gaza border that actually protects the Hamas. It, it kept us out as much as it kept them out of Israel. It kept us out of Gaza. So 
Now we have a situation, as I indicated before, at least with the Maginot Line in 19, May 1940, the Germans were forced to go around it. In this case, they just drove right through it. I think I sent you a picture, Tamar, of a bunch of Hamasniks on motorcycles. Yes. Just driving through a hole in the fence. And also That's kidnapping an Israeli soldier uh, and uh, on, on a motorcycle. Yeah. Crazy. There was another picture I saw of an abandoned tank, a Merkava Mark IV. A Merkava Mark IV, abandoned. How does that happen? How no, do you abandon a tank? Yeah, a soldier out of the tank. Yeah, this is where they kidnapped one. They, they, they kidnapped one, uh, at least one IDF soldier out of that. Uh, How does that, that happen? armored vehicle? Yeah, you're in a tank. You're buttoned up. You, you, the tank can move. You have ammunition on board the tank. You fight. You fight. Well, talk about the demoralization of the army. There's a good example of yeah. it right there. Sadly, yes. You uh, never surrender a vehicle like that, ever. You blow it up under your feet if you have to, but you never, ever surrender a vehicle like that. Well, I guess if you're just training the soldiers to believe in the purity of arms, then why should they risk their life defending a valuable tank, a multi-million dollar tank, like a Merkava Mark IV? That tank should have been firing away at will. And if there were only one soldier in it, who was responsible for that? This is why I said, look, at the end of the day, heads should roll. And this is worthy of a brick wall, by the way, if you'll excuse me. This Gaza division that we had, the commander of that division, and every brigade commander, and every battalion commander, and every company commander under, under them should be prosecuted and, and basically court-martialed for dereliction of duty. You don't have to have a direct order to know that you're on a hot border where anything could happen. You keep your men alert. You keep them well you know, provisioned with ammunition and food. And you tell them, anybody crosses this border, you kill them. Well, we don't have those orders. We don't. And over the past month, there have been numerous, numerous Gazans, quote, Gazans, that have crossed at various points of that so-called impenetrable border. And uh, do you know what that was? They were testing to see which parts of the border were weak and which ones could be, and therefore be exploited. Right, it Jonathan. Wasn't that these guys were just crossing the border, you know, to get falafel in Ofakim or Yeroham or Sterot. These guys were crossing the border to see which areas were not defended, which areas were weak technically, and which areas could be used ultimately as breaching points. And this is what we just saw. Right. Jonathan, I and want to say that they're talking us, there on were the news. Many of us, Tamar. Yeah. Many of us who were raising hell with the, uh, with the military, telling people these are not just poor starving Palestinians from Gaza. You've got this all wrong. They're coming across, maybe with a knife, maybe not. They use the knife to cut through things. 
but they weren't heavily armed. So what was going on? It was clear as day from months ago that all these infiltration attempts by poor starving Gazans that just wanted to have falafel in uh, Gaza, in uh, Beersheba were probing attacks. This was all a setup. And it wasn't that it went unnoticed. It was noticed. And they didn't give a damn. All right, uh, Jonathan, I have to from- say that the news is talking now about this. They're saying that uh, they've been practicing the, the Hamas for six months and that our intelligence didn't put two and two together is a, is a, a terrible, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's an atrocity. It's a terrible thing. It's a, a terrible yes, but goof. no heads. But Tamar, no heads will roll. No heads will roll. That's the whole point. Yeah, yeah. Mostly because we're not on a war footing. Because nobody wants to go to war. That's the whole point. Uh, I, I want to say this also, add this news piece, that uh, uh, the Hezbollah is now saying that if Israel enters boots on the ground, puts boots on the ground in Gaza, that they will uh, join in, uh, in, in this war in the northern border of Israel. Go ahead. Um, friends of mine who were mobilized today um, in various units, we're heading north, not south. And here again, we have a situation where, when you look at the numbers, Hamas has over 150,000 rockets. Who knows how many of them are precision-guided? Now, how did, how did this happen? Who allowed this to happen? Who looked the other way when this happened? Who gave Hezbollah a blank check to do whatever it wanted in Lebanon by our border. Who did that? Was it the UN? No. Was it the United States? No. It was basically our own government. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, Jonathan, uh, they're saying now that the death toll is uh, 250 uh, people, Israelis, were killed, and uh, more than 1,500 are injured. And there are still hostages in some of the southern communities in Israel, and Ofakim, uh, there are still hostages. And uh, Arut Sheva is reporting and showing a, a picture of an elderly Jewish woman uh, who was being held hostage by the Hamas, and she was forced to pose with uh, a Hamasnik, and she's holding... Uh, the machine gun, and they're kind of like uh, mocking, mocking yeah. her. Go Look, ahead. the business with Hezbollah, I, I want you to think about what I just said. This threat, this existential threat that we're facing from the north was allowed to develop by our government and by our military, who didn't want to, to fight a decisive war in Lebanon with everything that that meant. And right now, do we have a way of deterring Hezbollah? Sure. And that deterrent was built in Dimona. It's very simple. You start something on the northern border, you will lose Beirut and every other major city in Lebanon. You'll have nothing left except a radioactive slag heap. That they understand. Maybe yeah. not from this government, 
Yeah. But they understand the consequences. Or from any of our past governments, unfortunately. Right. Now, as far as boots on the ground in Gaza is concerned, as I told you before, I have already briefed a scenario in which we don't have to put one boot across the border yeah, God to forbid. accomplish this, uh, this scenario I laid out. But you think the military is going to do that? No, of course not. And now we might be deterred. We have an excuse now not to do anything because, oh, the northern border is going to heat up now, so we can't really cross in, into Gaza and do anything decisive because Hasf Shalom. They, they could cross the northern border and do to our northern communities what the Hamas just did to our southern communities. You understand how this works? All of it is kind of a setup by our government and our military not to do anything. Nothing. And unless people start wising up, the people who send their sons and daughters to the army, the biggest killer of, of, of our people, Unless they start wising up and use their heads the next time they go into the voting booth, then this situation will only get worse. Neither the Likud, as it's currently constituted, and certainly not the fake parties of Benny Gantz and Yair Lapid, have a right to sit in any ruling coalition in Israel. Have no right. They're both, they're all failures. Horrible, horrible failures. So yes, Hezbollah is threatening. I mean, there's no skin off their nose. They know damn well we're not going to do anything to them. Yeah, especially after that to... that uh, moving speech by Prime Minister Netanyahu this evening. That really made their knees wobble, right? Correct. <laughs> it was it was a joke. If If Netanyahu had said, I take full responsibility for what happened, I, I am humbled and saddened by what happened, and I resign. I resign. Then I would have said, all right, at least the guy had some ounce of self-respect and decency. But he didn't. He, well, he drafted a Churchillian, you know, bromide, one bromide after another. And he drafted or invited in Two, two, two people, irresponsible people who are who are also equally responsible for this disaster that happened today. Now, what will happen after this? I don't know, but I'm hoping that saner heads in the Likud will wake up and get rid of this guy at the top. They say a fish rots from the head down. Well, when you're looking at Bibi Netanyahu, you're looking at a pretty effing rotten fish. That's exactly what you have. You don't have to look any further than his face to find out what happened in the South. Well, you know, I I always tell people we should pray because that's who we have leading us right now. We should pray that our leadership has the wisdom and the courage to do what has to be done. I wish he would get up and say, that's it. You've crossed all lines of the problem that the government doesn't have many red lines at all. Uh, but you've crossed all lines. It is the end. As civilians, if you want to live, uh, we, don't, we don't wish to kill you, but we have to protect our citizens and run to the Egyptian border or run wherever you want. But uh, we're moving in now, and that's it. And we're, clearing up, we're just clearing up Gaza. That's it. That's it. Correct. That's what I briefed last year. 
and they called me a barbarian. Well, I guess I'm uh, being a Jewish mother who has two sons uh, being called up, and I, and uh, as other Jewish women here in Israel have, uh, I if if I'm a if that's what they call barbarian, let them call me what Men they will. Too. Let them call me what they will, but I am uh, concerned for for justice and for the safety of my people and my nation. If our soldiers fall in a war designed to finish our enemies, it's a sad thing, but okay. But if they fall as part of a never-ending charade, then it's murder. And I don't blame Hamas, and I don't blame Palestinian Islamic Jihad, because they are who they are, and they'll do what they do. I blame our government, and I blame our army. If you as a mother, or your husband as a a father, want to make sure that your children who go into the army, God bless them, who go into the army, have a chance at being part of a victory, and not just another disaster, then you have to basically put the screws to the military, and you have to put the screws to the politicians. And you have to tell them point blank, you need thousands of people to do this. Unless things change, you better have another job come the election, because you ain't going to be sitting in the same damn seat you are now. You're gone. Let's hope our government does the right thing. With you slaughtering our own people and, and abusing our children who out of loyalty and love to this country, volunteer in many cases for the hardest units in the Army. They put their lives on the line. Yes. For what? For what? You know what happened last time with the 33-day war, as they call it, up in Lebanon. It was a disaster, and people should have recognized then that it was something rotten in the Army from the top down. But no, that didn't happen. People just, okay, you know, it's all right, it'll be better. I've seen people argue um, more vociferously over the price of shawarma on the Midrachal than I have over the lives of their own sons and daughters who serve in the Army. That's the problem with our country right now. You know, a lot of our, our citizens are, are brainwashed also into thinking, well, we can't go in and just wipe out the terrorists and, and get Gaza back again. And they're, they're, they've been brainwashed that we can't do it, that we can't right. win, no, no. that we're not you're allowed to win the war. They're brainwashed. You're 100% right. That's why the scenario that I came up with did not require hazarding any soldiers by having them put boots on the ground. I don't want our soldiers fighting Stalingrad on the Mediterranean. Right, right. And we don't have to. Right. I, I talked to a very close friend of mine, a rabbi, who lost his son in a, West, in a Sumerian city. And I, I said to this guy, why? That's why God created heavy artillery. They were going in after somebody. They got him, cost my friend's son his life, and then six months later they let him go. They let this guy go. Why? It was a gesture to the PA. But this man's son, a beautiful boy, was murdered. 
Yeah, that's a politician. And he yeah. and his wife still haven't recovered from that. This was a couple of years ago. They'll never recover from that. They'll never recover from it. But the generals, they don't. They don't care. You know, they turn the page. Jonathan Pollard, can you leave us? It's after 11 p.m. Israel time here. Can you leave us with uh, some words of encouragement, a blessing, something? The only blessing I can I can give people is the hope and the prayer that they will finally shed the blinders that obscure their eyes from seeing reality, that they must understand that it is the government and the army that serves us. They are accountable to us. And unless and until we go forward and we change things, more of our sons and daughters are going to be korbanot and Unfortunately, we will be responsible, co-responsible for that. So I, I give everybody a blessing to please wake up. Wake up. You want to go out and protest judicial reform? Please. What you should be protesting right now is this idiot pretending to be our prime minister and these two bozos, Gantz and Lapid, coming in. To, to ride on his coattails. People should be saying right now to all of, all the Likud MKs, you better think about this because you may not be sitting in that seat come the next election. This is my hope and my prayer for people. We have the power. We have the power. We just have to utilize it in the most constructive and immediate way we can. Amen. Jonathan and Pollard, thank you so much. God bless you, and thank you for coming on the show and giving us uh, your view of things. It's uh, People need to consider a different option than what we've been doing all these past decades. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, everybody, we're going to give you some final updates, and then we're going to uh, return to the airwaves again tomorrow, 9 a.m. U.S. Eastern Time or 4 p.m. Israel Time with more updates on what's going on with the war in Israel. And um, Matt, do you want to say anything before? Well, um, there are a few updates that happened while Jonathan was talking. First of all, um, Ishmael Hania, the chairman of Hamas, says everything's going perfectly according to plan. Just wait. There's plenty more to come. Uh, the public bomb shelters were opened up in Zichron Yaakov, which is kind of somewhat concerning, Consider that's a northern town, north of where I am, about 30 minutes south of Haifa. So... There's no Gaza rockets that will go there. Um, apparently, uh, the police building in Steyrot has been bulldozed, and 20 police officers were killed there today. Uh, apparently, there's still a standoff in Be'eri, Kibbutz Be'eri, in the Gaza envelope where they fear uh, as many as 50 hostages are there in that. So uh, apparently Israeli control has uh, or been regained in a lot of the southern communities, but not all of them. So uh, I guess we'll wake up tomorrow to uh, more updates. The dead is now over 300, it says. Anyway, that's, that's all the cheery news I have now tomorrow. 
Yeah. Um, uh, just to give some statistics on the other side, the uh, Gazans, the Hamas is reporting 235 dead on their side with uh, 1,697 wounded. This is from Al Jazeera News. And because uh, we watch also the other side, we like to see what the other side is saying so we can uh, give you a, a, uh, all the information, uh, round information that we can. I understand there, as you said, there are still uh, hostages in, um, in some of the southern communities there that uh, the army is trying to release and free. Uh, Israel is, uh, I, I, I mean, I'm not going to lie and I'm not going to try to be a cheerleader and say rah, 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 like the prime minister is saying, we're at war and we're going to win. It's empty words for me. It's empty words for a, a person who has two sons now on emergency um, service who are... Um, trying to protect the country and for all of the other people matt your son also going now yeah. to the army as well uh we don't know we don't know what's going to happen and we can take a, a an even bigger hit also we're uh again very um careful to watch the northern border of israel and uh because so i do have I do, and i yeah. you know i um it's not confirmed, but I did get from an IDF source that uh, the UNIFIL bases in Lebanon are vacating. Yes, yes, and that's not a good sign. That is uh, not a good sign. Right, right, because it means that they want to be out of the way when uh, Hezbollah the shooting starts. starts, yeah, starts yeah. shooting and Israel starts shooting back and et cetera, et cetera. Well, uh, I, I would consider them a legitimate military target, to be honest with you. Just, yeah, well, Israel you know. is not bold enough to... Put the lives of our citizens over the lives of the UN because of the international repercussions that could happen. And so I, I want to say again, I want to leave you all with this. Pray. Our prayers are so important. Pray for the uh, for for Israel to be able to destroy its enemies so we don't have to go through this ever again. If you if you remember the term never again from World War II. This is something that goes on here again and again and again in Israel. Every six months, every year, every two years, we're in some type of operation against Gaza or we're in a war with the uh, Hezbollah up north. And they call it operations. They don't call it war. But this is, this, is what we're, um, this is what we are in right now. And today they're using the word war even though they're naming this operation. I think that they're calling it in English... Uh, um, Iron Shield, is is that the how they're calling it in English now, the the name of this operation? I forget. Um, um uh, Iron Sword or Sword of Iron. So, no, so, they always okay. get jazzy names. Yeah, I I I'm uh, um, but it's 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 of so, it's of so little uh, uh importance because no no one can even remember all the different names that we've had for all the different operations we've had. Too we've many. had. Yeah, too many. And uh, so I want to tell everybody, please pray for our leadership here in Israel today that they have the wisdom and the courage to do what needs to be done in order Amen. to protect the people of Israel and do away with the enemies. It's just the just thing to do. Justice. And if you don't have justice in a society, you have a corrupt, a terrible, dangerous, wicked society. To leave the Hamas terrorists in your backyard, 
to leave them to continue to be in power there and to continue to make more and more rockets and missiles to shoot at your population indiscriminately, to go in and have the audacity to attack men, women, and children, and to suffer this, to leave this. And again, we're getting now another a red alert siren that is uh, going on here in Israel, trying to find out where this is happening. Well, I will tell you, may our leaders have the nerve to inflict such pain that none of our other crazy neighbors will ever want to mess with us. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. We are praying for the safety of our citizens and that there be justice and that these terrorists are eliminated because if they, you know, you know what they say, first the Saturday people and then the Sunday people. That's the Christians. First the Jews, then the Christians. And they say, first the little Satan, Israel, and then the big Satan, America. So whatever happens here, we're the canary in the coal mine. You should all be praying that Israel and our leadership does what needs to be done and is not afraid of the world's reactions, the world's condemnations. We have to do what's best for our citizens. We have to do the just thing and protect life. And that means to go in and take out the Nazis. That's, That's what they are. That's uh, what they are. Here just to kill man, woman, and child. And uh, I, I urge you also to go onto Telegram and see some of the footage that the media is not showing you that I can't even show you. Uh, but it, it is... Uh, it is gruesome, and people, I believe, should see it because you should be incensed, and you should be moved that you are uh, going to do something and not just turn the channel and then go bowling. This is something, whatever happens in Jerusalem, what happens in Israel is going to have an effect on the entire world. And I want to thank all of you uh, for listening. And again, we will uh, do another show. Uh, our next live show will be 9 a.m. U.S. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Israel Time. We'll be doing an, another special broadcast here on Israel News Talk Radio Live. Thank you all for being with us. And thank you, Matt, for joining me. Matt Zucker for joining me on the air. And Matt, uh, I pray that your son is safe and all of our IDF soldiers and all of our emergency workers who are holding down the fort here in Israel are safe and return home safely and that we return home victorious to destroy a the enemy. Amen. Amen. Your boys as well. Thank you so much. Thank you, everybody. And we'll be back tomorrow, Sunday, 9 a.m. U.S. Eastern Time. And uh, God willing. Yes. Yes, yes. I was just getting another update now, but uh, we, we already covered that. All right. Thank you, everybody, for being with us. We'll be back 9 a.m. U.S. Eastern Time on Sunday and 4 p.m. Uh, Israel Time on Sunday. Thank you, Matt Zucker, for being with us. And pray for the peace here in Israel and for the safety of our citizens and that we have the, our leadership has the wisdom and the courage to do the right thing. You've Amen. been listening to us here at Israel News Talk Radio, Tamar Yona and Matt Zucker. Thank Thanks, Tamar.